Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is June Yong and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow in your journey as parents. Many of us have heard horror stories about kids encountering inappropriate images online, whether by an innocent search term gone wrong or accidentally clicking on the link. A worrying trend is that the age of first exposure to porn is getting lower in recent years. Today, we are going to hear more about this problem of porn uh, from my guest, Violet. Violet is a stay-at-home mom of uh, a boy who is age 15 now. He encountered porn at the tender age of 9. So we're going to hear more about his story. Thank you for joining us, Violet. Hi, hello, yes. Can you tell us the story about your son? And what happened at the time? So this happened quite a few years ago. At that time, he was just primary three. So I was using this flashcard app with him to learn Chinese. And so he was using an old phone at home. But because uh, there's Wi-Fi at home, right? So he was just using the phone. And then when he was done, I asked him to hand me back the phone because I was quite conscious that children shouldn't have like free reign of having the phone with unlimited use access. So I said, uh, when you're done with the flashcards, can you please hand me back the phone? So he handed me back the phone. So I went to the web browser and I realised that there was naked pictures and stuff. So I'm like, what is this? And I checked the web history and all that and there was evidence that he had been uh, surfing and searching for, I think, I think he typed naked ladies or something like that. So I spoke to him and asked him how come he is looking at this kind of things. It took a bit of time for me to drag it out of him, but then eventually he told me that he heard about it in school, that his classmates, friends mentioned to him that, hey, you know, you can see naked ladies online, you just search naked ladies and then they all come out and things like that. Yeah. So I was quite shocked because he was only nine. I mean, we didn't exactly talk about sex or what. I thought nine. I was thinking maybe I can start talking to him at age 11 or something. But at nine, I was actually very shocked. Can you imagine how shocked and disturbing this whole incident would have been? What were your first thoughts? Honestly, when I first realised, my heart started pounding very quickly. It's like, <gasps> my little boy is looking at porn at just nine years old. It was a real shock and I was actually a bit afraid to go and talk to him because I didn't know what I will uncover, right? It was heart-pounding. I spoke with my husband and then we discussed. So initially, I was like, let's talk to him together. You know, I think for moral support, I wanted my husband there with me. And I thought, hey, this is boy to boy, man to man, right? You gotta talk and settle it. Why do you need to involve me, right? So what happened was my husband and I, we did talk to him. But following that day, I would slowly start to have small conversations with him and talk to him about sex and all that. So this incident prompted you to 
sort of begin whole conversation about the birds and the bees at a slightly earlier age than what you expected, right? So this incident made me start talking to him about sex and all that. What it made me feel is that I was actually playing catch-up. Because I'm like, oh no, I'm late. I thought I would get in my first word first and then before he got exposed to it in school. But then now it turns out that other people got there before me and now I don't know what he has learned in school. I don't know what he has been exposed to and all that. So I felt I was kind of playing catch-up with him. But I thought, okay, better late than never. Now that I know he has had exposure, it's never too late to talk about it. Can I ask, how did he react to the conversation when you and your husband brought this up and confronted him? So when my husband and I spoke to him, I think at that time I was still in shock. So our expressions were very grave. I was very serious. And I think that scared him more than anything else. Because he instinctively knew that, oh, I did something wrong. Even though we were both trying to be very calm, <laughs> and I talked to him without being too alarming. But then still, I think he, he felt alarmed because he, he got that, oh no, I did something wrong, I'm in trouble. And then he started crying and all that. And then we were trying to calm him down because once he was crying and upset, then you, you can't really get through to him, right? So we were trying to calm him down. But it was quite tough. Lah. So that first talk, I think it was, was not very good in a sense. It served the purpose of getting him to stop doing it immediately. But it didn't achieve the final aim of trying to educate him about the whole subject. Looking back, I kind of regretted it. I was thinking, maybe I should have given myself time to calm myself down and think through it before attempting to talk to him. But at that time, I think it was a knee-jerk reaction. I just quickly wanted to stop his behaviour, which I deem was uh, not so good. Can I just say that you and your husband are very brave to just face it head-on and together? Now, if listeners want to know how to prepare your teens for healthy relationships, we do have a webinar coming up in April for parents to learn how to guide their children in the area of sexual health and intelligence. To find out more, refer to our show notes on this podcast page or check out our website. So, Violet, were there any repeat incidents of this? Did you notice anything else that was worrying? I remember looking back, because we had a number of devices at home that had Wi-Fi access, so I went around checking all the web history and realised that there was evidence of him uh, searching from actually a few months back. So he had been doing it on and off. But as far as I remember, I think after I spoke with him and he realised that it's not so good and all that, I think he more or less did stop. So thankfully, he was actually open to correction and open to change his little habit that he had formed. I think your story sort of helps to really bring out the problem of porn, not just about how it portrays a lot of false beliefs and sets up expectations about sex, but it can also be addictive even to a young child who has yet to fully understand what sex and relationship is all about. And it's also very insidious, like it can creep in right under your noses and if you're not alert, it may actually go unnoticed for a while. Sometimes we feel so defenseless as parents and we feel that, oh, what can I do, you know, where do I start? And I think part of the problem is that sometimes we feel very uncomfortable about this whole topic of sex. You know, we may have 
uh, unresolved issues of our own or we may just be unsure of where to begin. So after your experience, what do you think could help parents to feel more ready to engage even their young children, ages 9, 10, 11? I have nieces and nephews, so I'm quite close to them. After my experience with my son, so I also try to talk to my nieces and nephews. And with this experience, I find that it is actually good to start very young, as young as when they enter primary school. Because once they enter primary school, they join the school bus, they take the school bus to school. Or if they go for a CCA and they meet older kids, so it is not just primary one kids that they are exposed to in primary one. They are also exposed to older children. And we all know that when an older child has a handphone and everybody will crowd around and things like that, and you don't know what they are being exposed to. So the thing is, I would say even as young as seven, you can start talking to your child. But the thing is, you don't have to talk about sex full on. So what you can do is to just be very factual when they're young. And the good thing is that when they are very young, they are not shy. They are just curious. So they won't be like very paise or they won't like shirk and try and run away when you approach the subject. They're more curious than anything and it's actually easier to talk about it that way. And another thing that you want to connect to it is actually the idea of relationships, of family, of love, different kinds of love, love between in the family, love between the father and the mother, love with friends. So looking back, actually I remember when my son was in childcare, we did in a way approach this kind of topic. We told them things about appropriate touch and non-appropriate touch. Even if they are two years old, three years old, you can tell them you are big enough to wash your own vagina, your own penis, uh, clean your own backside. Because these are things that you do for yourself. We told him, um, we think you are old enough, you have learned how to do this at home, you can do this in school as well. So I will tell your teacher that she doesn't need to clean your backside for you and things like that. So in addition to that, then it's things about an okay touch and a not okay touch. So this is survival skills. We actually need to teach the kids how to protect their own body, they need to know what is allowed and what is not allowed, and what is proper and what is not proper. So the best is to start from young, so that there is no doubt. Because for me, I'm an enthusiast in reading true crime stories, and it is actually a fact that a lot of sexual abuse cases are perpetrated by people who actually know the victim. And so it, it can be very confusing for the victim if it is a trusted person. It can be a teacher, principal, a cousin, an uncle, a father, a mother even. So they need to learn from young. So this is actually a good introduction to so-called sex talk because you don't need to talk about the sexual act, but it can lead up to that. So if from a very young age you start talking to your children about such things, then they view it as factual information information that they need to learn and then they just learn it and it builds a platform, a foundation for you to have an open discussion with your child. Mm -hmm. And it is also training for yourself so that you won't feel so embarrassed next time when you're talking to it because you've been talking to them about it since young. Thanks for sharing on the beauty of starting these conversations early and also talking about body safety, about boundaries, even with people that you know, in order to keep them safe. And 
Do you think that after you had all these conversations that you were sort of building layer by layer in your son's life, that this actually helped you to deal with the problem that arose when he chanced upon porn and kept viewing it? How did it impact that? Yes, so thankfully, we have a very good uh, relationship with my son. So we often talk to him and we discuss things. So after getting over the initial shock, I calmed myself down and I thought about it. And I would think of analogies to explain to my son why pornography is harmful to him. So I like to use analogies that children can understand, like a very young child can understand. So one of them was, like I would say, do you remember going to Legoland, uh, the amusement park, when you were very young? When then you were like, yes, yes, wow, I, lo- I love Legoland and this and that, uh, Universal Studios and all that. I say, yeah, but do you remember when you were very young and you went and even just the teacup ride was very exciting. Right? A very simple ride, a very small roller coaster was also very exciting, right? He says, yes. I say, yeah, you enjoyed yourself even though you couldn't take some of the rides that were only for older children and taller kids, remember? And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm looking forward to taking that very big ride when I'm probably six or when I'm very tall. I'm like, yes, exactly. So I said, looking at porn is a bit like that. I say, you know, now when you're young, you go to the amusement park. Everything is fun. But the older you get, sometimes you need to do a bigger ride, sit in a bigger ride in order to get the same amount of fun. Some of the simpler rides are now too easy, too simple for you, right? Not exciting. So it is the same thing with pornography. The reason why certain amusement park rides has an age limit is because you are not suitable for that ride. If you sit that ride, it can be dangerous to you or you may be so scared that in future you may not want to sit any of these rides again because it scared you so much. So the same thing with pornography. If you look at pornography now, when you're so young and it's not suitable for you to look at such images, you may either get so scared that you will not, maybe not dare to look at naked people next time, even though it's your husband or your wife, or worse, you may even not be satisfied anymore. So next time, in real life, when you have a girlfriend or boyfriend, the joys in life with a relationship with people is when you talk to them, you enjoy talking with them, you laugh, you share stories. And then when you start to hold hands, it's exciting. Wow, I get to hold my girlfriend's hand today. First time, it's exciting. And when you have your first kiss, it's also very exciting. Everything is exciting. So you have an excellent time. But if you look at porn, it's like, you're jumping straight to the very big roller coaster. So much so that, yes, if you like this very big roller coaster very, very much, and then you find that everything else in the amusement park is not fun anymore. And you don't like it. And no matter who you are in the amusement park, whether you're having your favorite ice cream or you have your closest friend with you that day, it's not fun anymore. Because you're only thinking about one thing. And that is very sad. By looking at pornography, you are spoiling this whole experience of love and sex for yourself. And not only for yourself, but for your future partner. 
and not only a future partner, but you are also spoiling your relationship between you and your partner and hence for your children as well. Because if you don't have a good relationship with your partner, your children will feel it. So this has a very lasting impact. Wow, thanks for sharing that analogy. Did he get it? <laughs> I, I hope he did. <laughs> So the thing is, this issue bothered me a lot. So it's always in my mind. So I'm always constantly trying to think of new analogies and then I would share it with him. So you actually revisit the topic, you know, once in a while. In an obscure way, yes. <laughs> in a subtle way. And you can also do it while you're watching uh, shows with the kids. When I watch a movie with them uh, or a TV show and certain things happen, Say, for example, a boy and a girl had premarital sex and then they got pregnant and then they're in trouble. So I would say things like, if only they control themselves. <laughs> I find that throughout the years, now sometimes I hear my son making such comments. You know, he would say things like, I just don't have sex before marriage. Lah. So easy. I hope this forms an internal narrative inside him that he can have with him such that even when he faces temptations, mm. he remembers the talks that we had, what he knows that he should do and shouldn't do, and that he makes a conscious decision to stay away from things that he shouldn't do. It sounds like there has been a real silver lining out of this, that it has actually turned and you have helped to make it such a strong uh, learning point for your son. It wasn't just that incident, but it was like, the talks after that, the ability and the opportunities for you to actually inculcate some values in him about the importance of, you know, relationship, about the importance of marriage. There's so much more, right? Not just this act alone. Thanks for sharing so candidly with us. Another thing that I explained to my son is how porn isn't real, that it isn't realistic. So I explained to him that all these people in these pictures, in the videos, they are actors. They are actually paid to act and they get paid to fake what they are doing for the cameras. And this is not real. It's actually very easy to find a YouTube video that is fake, that is purposely fake. And then when I show them and they say, ah, wow, that's, that's so funny, it's so realistic, how they make the fake thing look so real. So they know that it is fake. And I said, yeah, this is all about video uh, editing, isn't it? You can make something look real even when it's not. So in pornography, there's actually a lot of video editing. So a lot of what you see on the video is actually not true. And the pictures as well, you very well know that you can edit pictures as well. You know, their bodies are actually not what they really are. And there are also cases where there are naked bodies and then they copy and cut and they paste a picture of a famous person on this body to make it seem as though it's a famous person, but it's not. So a lot of pornography is actually not real. So the effect of looking at things that is not real is that you are subconsciously training your mind to think that it is real. So next time when you are looking for your boyfriend or girlfriend, you are looking for a life partner, you are unconsciously looking for somebody with those kind of bodily characteristics. When it is not real at all, it's not realistic. I mean, you think of all the people that you know now in your life, everybody that you know, 
how many of them look like those bodies in the pornography? Very few. Very, very few. So looking at things that are not real just makes you very unhappy in the future. So just don't do it. Thanks for sharing. Indeed, it's almost like you're setting yourself up with all these false expectations about um, a romantic partner. I think we have learned so much from your experience and I really, really am so grateful that you're willing to share this difficult experience with us and how you managed to actually turn it around. I just wanted to ask if you have any parting advice for our listeners on what parents might be able to do, not just when they find out that their child has been seeing inappropriate images online, but also how do they actually start this whole conversation going? I would say it's never too early to talk about sex and love and respect and how all these go together. Because in a real relationship that is good, that is lasting, you only really want to have sex with someone that you love. So I would say they need to be aware of this, that it is a package, that it goes together. They should learn that if they want to have a good, lasting relationship, they should learn to hold themselves and keep themselves for their partner. This is out of respect for them as well as for yourself. In a real relationship, in a good relationship, every stage is a wonder and a joy. Be it holding hands, or just talking, connecting through words or stories, small touches, hugs, everything is good. That is love. So love is not just sex. So it would be good if the children can learn that and let it stay with them. Teach it to them since young so that they know it instinctively. And hopefully that will bring them through their tumultuous years and then they can exercise restraint and practice self-control and not do anything that they will regret. Thank you, Violet, for sharing. And I think from your own life and your husband, what better way, right, than to show the kids that this is what love and intimacy is all about. For those tuning in, we hope that you have benefited much from this session and that you have a better idea on how to respond in the case of exposure to porn as well as how to proactively start the conversation with your child and to build up their defences against porn. If you're looking for resources to help you be ready to engage your children on matters pertaining to sex, and romance and relationships, do check out our Talk About Sex on Focus on the Family's blog. You can visit our website at family.org.sg.